Thank you, everyone, for coming today, October 24th, the reading of 365 Bible. Let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we love you. We ask you for our reality, for the truth in you and in us. Thank you for carrying us, Lord God, with your righteousness and your glory and your honor. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in your kingdom, Lord God. We worship you and praise you. And Lord, we ask you for a clarity day of who we are, what we can accomplish, and what we can do. Help us to be happy and rejoice in you today and learning more about you this day. Give us your approval and your presence, we ask, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Amen. <clears throat> Welcome, everybody. Reading October 24th. Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 24 to 47, 7. <clears throat> then Jeremiah said to them all, including the women, Listen to this message from the Lord, all you citizens of Judah who live in Egypt. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. You and your wives have said, We will keep our promises to burn incense and pour out liquid offerings to the Queen of Heaven, and you have proved by your actions that you mean it. So go ahead and carry out your promise and vows to her. But listen to this message from the Lord, all you Judeans now living in Egypt. I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, that my name will no longer be spoken by any of you, any of the Judeans in the land of Egypt. None of you may invoke my name or use it this oath, as surely as the sovereign Lord lives. For I will watch over you to bring you disaster and not good. Everyone from Judah who is now living in Egypt will suffer war and famine until all of you are dead. Only a small number will escape death and return to Judah from Egypt. Then all those who come to Egypt will find out whose words are true, mine or theirs. All this is the proof I give you, says the Lord, that all I have threatened will happen to you and that I will punish you here. This is what the Lord says. I will turn Pharaoh, Hopra, king of Egypt, over to his enemies who want to kill him, just as I turned King Zedekiah of Judah over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah gave a message to Baruch, son of Neriah, in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. After Baruch had written down everything Jeremiah had dictated to him, he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to you, Baruch. You have said, I am overwhelmed with trouble. Haven't I had enough pain already? And now the Lord has added more. I am worn out from sighing and can find no rest. Baruch, <laughs> this is what the Lord says. I will destroy this nation that I built. I will uproot what I planted. Are you seeking great things for yourself? Don't do it. I will bring great disaster upon all these people, but I will give you your life as a reward wherever you go. I, the Lord, has spoken. Wow. The following messages were given to Jeremiah, the prophet from the Lord, concerning foreign nations. This message concerning Egypt was given in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, the king of Judah on the occasion of the battle of Karshemish, when Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, and his armies were defeated 
besides the Euphrates River by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Prepare your shields and advance into battle. Harness the horses and mount the stallions. Take your positions, put on your helmets, sharpen your spears, and prepare your armor. But what do I see? The Egyptian army flees in terror. The bravest of his fighting men run without a backward glance. They are terrorized by every turn, says the Lord. The swiftest runners cannot flee. The mightiest warriors cannot escape by the Euphrates River to the north. They stumble and fall. This Who is this rising like the Nile of flood time, <clears throat> overflowing all the land? It is the Egyptian army overflowing all the land, boasting that it will cover the earth like a flood, destroying cities and their people. Charge, charge, you horses and chariots. Attack, you mighty warriors of Egypt. Come, come, all you allies from Ethiopia, Libya, and Lydia, who are skilled with the shield and bow. Bow. For this is the day the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, a day of vengeance on his enemies. The sword will devour until it is satisfied. Yes, until it is drunk with your blood. The Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will receive a sacrifice today in the north country besides the Euphrates River. Go up to Gilead to get medicine, O virgin daughter of Egypt, but your many treatments will bring you no healing. The nations have heard of your shame. The earth is filled with your cries of despair. Your mightiest warriors will run into each other and fall down together. Then the Lord gave the prophet Jeremiah this message about King Nebuchadnezzar's plans to to attack Egypt. Shout it out in Egypt. Publish it in the city of Midgal, Memphis, and Tafhanes. Mobilize for battle, for the sword will devour everyone around you. Why have your warriors fallen? They cannot stand, for the Lord has knocked them down. They stumble and fall over each other and say among themselves, Come, let's go back to our people, to the land of our birth. Let's get away from the sword of the enemy. There they will say, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is a loudmouth who missed his opportunity. As surely as I live, says the king, whose name is the Lord of heaven's army, one is coming against Egypt who is as tall as Mount Tabor or as Mount Carmel by the sea. Pack up, get ready to leave for exile, you citizens of Egypt. The city of Memphis will be destroyed without a single inhabitant. Egypt is as sleek as a beautiful young cow, but a horsefly from the north is on its way. Egypt mercenaries have become like fattened calves. They too will turn and run. For it is a day of great disaster for Egypt, a time of great punishment. Egypt flees silent as a serpent gliding away. The invading army marches in. They come against her with axes like woodsmen. They will cut down her people like trees, says the Lord, for they are more numerous than locusts. Egypt will be humiliated. She will be handed over to perform. She will be handed over to the people from the north. The Lord's of heaven armies, the God of Israel, says, I will punish Ammon, the God of Tebes, and all the other gods of Egypt. I will punish his rulers and Pharaoh too, and all of who trust in him. I will hand them over to those who want them killed, 
to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and his army. But afterwards the land will recover from the ravages of war. I, the Lord, has spoken. But do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, for I will bring you home again from this land, and your children will return from their exile. Israel will return to a life of peace and quiet, and no one will terrorize them. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, for I am with you, says the Lord. I will completely destroy the nations to which I have exiled you, but I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but with justice I cannot let you go unpunished. This is the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah concerning the Philistines of Gaza. Before it was captured by the Egyptian army, this is what the Lord says. A flood is coming from the north to overflow the land. It will destroy the land and everything in it, cities and people alike. People will scream in terror and everyone in the land will wail. Hear the clatter of stallions' hoofs and the rumble of wheels as the chariots rush by. Terrified fathers run madly without a backward glance at their helpless children. The time has come for the Philistines to be destroyed, along with their allies from Tyre and Sidon. Yes, the Lord is destroying the remnant of the Philistines, those colonists from the islands of Crete. Gaza will be humiliated, its head-shaped ball. Ashkelon will be silent. You remnant from the Mediterranean coast, how long will you lament and mourn? Now, O sword of the Lord, when will you be at rest again? Go back into your sheet, rest, and be still, O sword. But how can I it be still when the Lord has sent it on a mission? For the city of Ashkelon and the people living along the sea must be destroyed. Wow. Would you like to read the uh, commentary or you want me to do it? I'll go ahead and read it. Okay, Therese commentary says, Baruch had long been serving Jeremiah, writing his books of struggles and judgment, and now he was upset. <laughs> King Jehoiakim had treated to threaten to kill both Jeremiah and Baruch, which forced the prophet and his scribe into hiding. Baruch was physically exhausted, and he felt sorry for himself. He, God told Baruch to avoid the temptations of strife for his own greatness. Baruch could depend on divine provisions no matter what trouble came his way. The Lord fulfilled his promise. It is easy to lose the joy of serving God when our troubles overwhelm us and we lose sight of God's care for us. The more we look away from God's purpose toward our own sacrifices, the more frustrated we will become. As you serve God, spend time dwelling on the blessings God has given you. Then your service will be motivated by thanksgiving. Take some time now to reflect on what God has brought you and the way he strengthened you through each season of life. Amen. And again, Baruch, this is the scripture. Baruch, this is what the Lord says. I will destroy this nation that I built. I will uproot it what I planned it. Actually, God is telling him, accept this. He must have not been able to accept it. Because are you trying to seek great things for yourself in this, in this economy? Don't do it. I will bring great disaster upon all these people. But I will give you 
your life as a reward wherever you go. I, the Lord, has spoken. Now, that same prophecy it is for for me today is uh, I tend to, you know, when I fall short of, of fuel in the truck, resources, or I try too hard and I don't know what, I get caught, you know, in making too many commitments. Yeah. You know, and, and over and over again. As it is right now, we do five Zoom meetings, half hour a week, and I do two, four, six, seven, seven meetings. I cut down on meetings. I do about seven meetings a week, and about four, four of them I take coffee to, uh, run meetings. We tend to make coffee and hamburgers and so forth, take all the equipment. Weekly. <laughs> Amen. But thank you, God. I, I love reading this. It's, it's, uh, I am, I'm praying for more supplies to do more and have more strength, go to sleep earlier, exercise, and, and count my blessings. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I got where I'm at. Thank you. Um, the uh, I just want to say that the study that you just read sort of just confirms um, nice when, and we, when, we, uh, when we go through the tough times, uh, instead of looking at all the negative things going on in our lives, um, we we need to count those blessings. And, and then from those blessings, you know, the little joys that the Lord will give you throughout the day, the, that's a blessing. So, um, you know, we got to look around and see all the great things the Lord has done for us. Amen. All the things. So we got to rise higher than the natural realm of the circumstance that's, that's around you. And you got to rise higher, higher and, and get into the realm of the heavenly way, the heavenly perspective. There's something good that, you know, you don't see at the moment. There's... Um, there's blessings that we need to be grateful for in those times. And, and because it's, it says, you know, be uh, in Thanksgiving. It causes you to be motivated by Thanksgiving. You know, if you, if you remember all the times the Lord brought you out, if you remember all the times he came through, if you count the blessings in front, then the Thanksgiving will flow and it will strengthen you. So that's that's a good word right there. Amen. That's beautiful. And that's exactly what God does. He goes, we can rely on God's righteousness to prevail over evil. He disciplines us like a loving parent. And that discipline is always just and designed for our good. You know, words of judgment have been pronounced on the evil people, places, and things, you know. And God's, even though it doesn't seem like it's happening, that, you know, the wicked, but... They never prosper for long. Right. And it may appear that they do. Right. It is often the case in our own lives, like Baruch, eyes turned towards his own comfort and security. It's like somebody trusting in the stock market and everything and not trusting and giving giving resources to the kingdom of God uh, to propel his, amplify his word. You know, there it is. You know, which it is rarely easy to serve others when we feel our own well-being is threatened but god longs us for us to trust him even then especially then 
to trust him. Now, this, I'm reading to you from the recovery Bible. Oh, okay, that's why I'm a little... <laughs> and Jeremiah encouraged the remnant in Egypt to learn from Judah's recent fall and to turn away from their idolatry. Their response betrayed them. Ever since we quit burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and stopped worshiping her with liquid offerings, we have been, we have been in great trouble, they said. Sadly, their love for God was conditional. Unless God rewarded them in the ways they expected, they would not obey Him. God is worthy of our love and obedience just because of His salvation and His honey love in us through Jesus Christ. Whether or not He gives us what we want, God can be trusted at the deepest level. His plan for our lives is always best. You know how we always put conditions on God? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of that all the time. Yeah, we all have. You know, you know and, and even to this day, if problems happen, you know, we're going to try to revert to, uh, well, man, I've given it, i prayed, yeah. what happened, you yeah, know? Yeah, I've done it. Mm-hmm. That God is sovereign, and He does what He wants. And uh, Amen. Um, one thing that I, in the very beginning of the, the reading um, in... Um, number 25 beginning at, okay so this is what the Lord of Heaven armies uh, the God of Israel says you and your wives have said we will keep our promises to burn incense and pour out liquid offerings to the Queen of Heaven okay so and it says and you have proved by your actions that you meant it so they said they would and they did okay and um, so go ahead and carry out your promises and vows so the Lord says go ahead Go do what you want to do, right? It's okay. But then it says, uh, but listen to the this message from the Lord, all you Judeans now living in Egypt. I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord. Okay, there's another time that I recall that the Lord swore to himself. I think he's swearing to himself here. I think it's in the book of Hebrews that, you know, he swore to himself. <laughs> so I just got that here. But uh, he's saying, I mean, that's the only, I mean, who, like when people swear, they swear to God, right? So God is swearing to himself. That's unusual. Anyway, um, but listen to this message from the Lord, all you Judeans now living in Egypt. I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, that my name will no longer be spoken by any of the, the Judeans in the land of Egypt. None of you may invoke my name. Or use this oath as surely as the sovereign Lord lives. Now, if we go back into uh, the, the Old Testament, you know, oftentimes the prophets would use as surely as the Lord lives. It won't be a drop of water for three years or whatever. Um, or, you know, just using that. It, it's, it's a few places out there. But that's like when you say, as surely as the Lord lives, you're making a declaration um, on his word. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're speaking the promises of God with confidence. He's saying, you're no longer going to be able to even use my oath here. I would never want to be stripped of that oath. I use it a lot still in this time. Does say it the Lord? As surely as the Lord lives. Surely as the Lord yeah. lives, uh-huh. I will praise him all the mm-hmm. days of my life. As surely as the Lord lives, 
me and my house will serve, serve the Lord. <clears throat> you will. It re- you follow it up with God's word. Yes. So that to me, that I would be like very. All right. Well, let's say some positive things to to ourselves and to the ones here. And like I can say, as surely as the Lord lives, the Lord has has designs and plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, to give you not to destroy you, but give you plans and love and satisfaction. Amen. Yeah, as surely as the Lord lives, you will prosper in the land everywhere you tread your feet. As surely as the Lord lives, He desires that you may prosper, be in health, even even as your soul soul prospers. prospers. Yes, as surely as the Lord lives, He will surround you with His favor everywhere you go. People will want to bless you. Amen. As surely as the Lord lives... The Lord will take care of your foot so you won't dash yourself upon a rock and the angels will cover you wherever you go. As surely as the Lord lives, the God of justice will vindicate you from that legal problem you're going through. As surely as the Lord lives, he will keep your mind in peace whose mind is stayed with him. Yes. Ooh, okay. A couple more. As surely as the Lord lives... He will supply all your needs according to His righteousness in glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus. 5.17 As surely as the Lord lives, you will reign in life, life, receiving the gift of righteousness and the the abundance of grace. And the abundance of grace. As surely as As the the Lord Lord lives, the Lord has defeated Satan in your life by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. As surely as the Lord lives, He will prosper this country to be a united people with the church rising up and the revivals branching out into all the places. Where's that verse? It's a prophetic declaration. Well, we're talking, we're doing it with the Bible, with the words of God. Yes. As surely as the Lord lives, God is sovereign and He does what He wants. Amen. I didn't get it. I didn't get that one. As surely as the The Lord Lord lives, lives, one more. As surely as the Lord lives, He will fight for you your battles. The Lord will take you by His right hand and care for you. And nurture you. As surely as the Lord lives, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. He makes you lie down in green pastures and leaves you beside the still waters. He restores your soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness. Amen. Huh? Okay. Okay. Second uh, Timothy two twenty two to three seventeen. <laughs> Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I, Paul, say don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Okay. 
Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people who will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what's good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth just as uh, Janes and Jambres oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. But they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janes and Jambres. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others. What? What? Read that again. But evil people and imposters will flourish. Will flourish? Will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have been given to you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Amen. Wow. This is very powerful reading in Timothy. Um. I just the opening itself is 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 for me. I feel you know when I when I read that it's um, 
but it, 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 it's very good up front where he says, don't, that we'd run from things that stimulate youthful lusts. Instead, let's pursue the righteous living. Let's pursue faithfulness. Let's pursue love and peace. Those are fruits of the Spirit when we walk with Christ. You know, um, and um, don't get, it says, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Okay? A servant of the Lord must not quarrel but must be kind to everyone. Now, I know from my own experience, <laughs> that's, a, that's something I can, this is teaching me. Right now, as I was speaking, it, it was teaching me going in, you know, and, and I got I to, this is an area the Lord wants me to, uh, you know, prosper in, and he wants me to, to do better, okay? Um, Okay, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. That that's a hard one, you know. When you know they don't believe the same you you do, and they just it's hard to teach people who are difficult with the scripture. But it says gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently, okay, that's the key word right there. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So that's, that's a good, this is just eye-opening for me. That's all I can say. Um, in that, you know, gentleness to instruct. Um, and, you know, maybe even it's just your actions that you're doing. You know, uh, that will change people's hearts. I can't change a person's heart. I cannot. But my words matter. If I close my mouth and don't say anything and respond to something that was launched against me, I can stop and not respond with the negative words. Um, I can forgive. You know, I can. I can do the things, the actions that I that I'm to do you know, operate from a love perspective, a faithful perspective, and peace perspective, right? So that's a good word right there. Um, you know, thanking God for them just the way they are, thanking God for just the way I am. You know, I can do that too. But at the end of the day, you know, God is the one who changes the hearts. And, you know, it's it's, it's our behavior that will show who we are in Christ and Wow, I've missed the mark on this one a lot. I just, I just, going back in my mind. Um, but I can learn. I can open up my heart to learn and be taught. And that's important that we open up our hearts to be taught. Uh, you know, because that's what the Word of God will do to us. Um, the Scripture says that uh, in Hebrews that the Word is alive and powerful, even to the division of joints and marrow. So God can go deep in those places and fix your spirit where you need it. It's like a doctor. Um, that's really good. And he, he goes on to talk about the last days, you know, where people are going to be very into themselves, loving just money, loving the, the things of the world. You know, we're not like that. We are in this world, but we're not of it. So we got to be different. we got to have a different um, perspective on the way we operate here on the earth. Um you know, 
we got to keep our eyes on God and um, be careful about being deceived. Um, there's going to be a lot of teachings out there that are going to not be the truth. And we the, the, the bottom line is here's the word. We can rely on the word to provide the truth and instruct us through situations to help change us, transform us, enlighten us, give us the revelation we need to keep the peace and to stay in faith. Um, amen, amen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like right here in the study, it says, like Timothy, we are surrounded by false ideas and images claiming to represent the truth. But we must not allow our society to distort or crowd out God's eternal truth. God wants to show you that it, what is true and to equip you to live for him. we reading God's word regularly to flood our hearts with God's truth and to find direction in our life with God. Amen. The whole Bible is God's inspired word through the Holy Spirit. God revealed his persons and plan to certain believers who wrote down his message for his people. 2 Peter 1, 20. Because the Bible is inspired and trustworthy, we should read it and apply it to our lives. The Bible is our standard for examining everything else that claims to be true. It is our way to identify false teaching and our source of guidance for how we should live. It is our only source of knowledge about how we can be saved. Amen. So and even and today we are besieged by false teachers like Timothy was and the inedible pressures of growing ministry. He, he could have easily abandoned his faith or adjusted to a doctrine. Once again, Paul counseled Timothy to remember his past and to hold the teachings of Scripture. Now, this little... Uh, a reminder here reminds me too of what I learned from my past you know from destructive behavior and the fruit you get from not obeying God or stop learning when I stopped learning uh, devastation and famine and and all kinds of so what I learned from hunger is that God is sovereign God is merciful God is kind and he he restored me in a fact that I will always remember, lest I forget, the cruel cruelty that I did to my own self and to others around me. I shall never forget that this is the easier, softer way to be consuming these words and producing good fruit in my life and and others and hanging around with others that are that have learned the lesson of uh, of, of going our own way. There's. Uh, Paul's advice to Timothy is appropriate for us. We need to run from the places and situations that are likely to tempt us. We should avoid spending time with people who will lead us to relapses or into sin or anger. Instead, we should be with people who will encourage us and support our progress in spiritual growth. If we don't have friends or activities that support our development, we need to seek out on TV and get involved or in community with godly and supportive people and causes. These verses describe people who should not imitate, sadly, under the influence of our of our sins. Many of us fit this description. We live selfishly with little thought for other people in our lives. Many of us may be suffering the consequences of our own actions right now, feeling alone, lost, and abandoned. 
Paul makes it very clear that these attitudes and actions have severe consequences, as most of us have already discovered. By continuing to take inventory of our attitudes and actions, we can uncover our destructive character traits and ask God to transform us. With the help of God offers through Jesus Christ, we can become new people. And like I said it over and over again, it's easier to say, I thank you, God, I'm a mess up. Because <laughs> it just brings the floodgate of God's love, mercy, kindness, and we're restored quickly by admitting the truth that, you know, we don't have it all together, that we're influenced. And the quicker we admit it, the acceptance, the quick, quicker the uh, the wisdom and the joy and the strength of God comes into our lives. Paul keeps reminding Timothy of the wonderful resources that God has left for us, the Bible. It is the ultimate guide to help us realize what is wrong in our lives. It, it is the only accurate measuring tool available to help us make an honest moral inventory. It reveals God's program for healthy living and shows us how to relate properly and unselfishly to God and to other people. God's Word offers more than just good advice. It promises God's powerful help to all who turn to Him with a humble heart. Our, our, our development will benefit when we take the time to understand God's Word and apply it to our lives. Amen. Anything else, honey? Yeah, just um, in, in 15 here at the end, it says, uh, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive that the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Okay, so I I just to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus, it gives you the wisdom for these situations that you have. Um, what is it I want to say here, Holy Spirit? Um, <clears throat> wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. You know, in other words, have self control. When you're in the midst of a situation yes. and you apply wisdom, you know we all know what is right and. Do we do what's right? Is we need that extra unction to, to act upon mm-hmm. our knowledge and perform the wisdom, get away from a dangerous place, do yes. something that would requires righteous act and you may be embarrassed or something, but move forward to do what is right. It requires the power of God and premeditated good words of wisdom. Yeah, and so salvation, I know that we all tend to look at it, um, you know, Jesus died on the cross for me. He forgave my sins. Yes, thank you very much, Jesus. But along with that, you have a bundled package available to you. You have an endless supply of his wisdom. You have an endless supply of provision. Go ahead. Uh, You have an endless supply of grace for your problem. You have an endless supply of peace. So, you know, that... But it comes by trusting Jesus in those certain situations. We've got to put it on Jesus' shoulders and, um, you know, refrain from worrying and just lock into the faith, lock into the love of Jesus, how much he cares about you, how much he wants to be kind to you. So I, I, we just got to just remember, you have a package deal. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ... There's a lot of benefits that come your way. Favor, provision, health. Um, these are the things we got to trust Jesus with here on the earth. Everyone else trusts in horses. 
but we will trust in the name of the Lord. That's in Psalm 20. So I just want to say that take take everything. Take your inheritance. It's yours. If you said yes to Jesus, yes. You have this supply in abundance for you. There's so much grace for you. Even if we miss the mark, there's grace upon grace. And Jesus came and he brought, he brought grace upon grace for us. So uh, stay in joy and stay in love and stay in peace. And uh, just be open to receiving the, the um, you know, the learning that you're getting from the word. And, and, you know, just meditate on that scripture if it's for you. Say, Lord, teach me. I'm open. You know, I think that's where I have run fallen short is, you know, I can lock into my own right way. For years I was like that. And, and thank God the Lord is delivering me from that through his word. So the word can inspire you. It can correct you. And it can teach you. And it can just bring you that peace you need and that trust you need in Jesus in those dark times. And so anyway, that, that's all I have to say. Um, let me go ahead and start off with uh, Psalm 94 and um, 1 through 23. And it, it says, ask God to bring his justice to the world and to teach you with his instruction. Okay, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, bring your justice. Lord, you're a God of justice. You sit on the throne and, and you, justice cannot escape this country, Lord. And I'm asking you to, to bring forth your justice in every situation that's uh, not of you, Lord, that's corrupt, that is um, just uh, being deceitful to people, Lord, um, and causing people to stumble, Lord. I ask you to, uh, I just pray for our government, the justice be upon the government to rule with your actions, Lord, your precepts, Lord, that we would be a country that would unite, but bring forth the justice, Lord, into the, the lives of the people, Lord, that are suffering from the injustices, Lord God. Lord, and I thank you that individually we can be open to you instructing us, Lord, Instruct us in the way we should go. Show us the ancient path and the good way to walk in, Lord. And thank you for opening up the scriptures, unlocking them, Lord, to bring the light to those areas where we need to be more to be righteous, and we can grow in righteousness and be fruitful, Lord, everywhere we go, bringing your word, your light amongst the people. And thank you, Father God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Um, Psalm 94, 1 to 23. O Lord, the God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, let your glorious justice shine forth. Arise, O judge of the earth. Give the proud what they deserve. How long, O Lord, how long will the wicked be allowed to gloat? How long will they speak with arrogance? How long will this evil people boast? They crush your people, Lord, hurting those you claim as your own. They kill widows and foreigners and murder orphans. The Lord isn't looking, they say. And besides, the God of Israel doesn't care. Think again, you fools. When will you finally catch on? Is he deaf, the one who made your ears? Is he blind, the one who formed your eyes? He punishes the nations. Won't he also punish you? He knows everything. Doesn't he also know what you're doing? The Lord knows people's thoughts. He knows they are worthless. Joyful are those you discipline, Lord. 
those you teach with your instructions. You give them relief from troubled times until a pit is dug to capture the wicked. Capture the wicked. Who will stand? Uh, the Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his special possession. Judgment will again be founded on justice. And those with virtuous hearts will pursue it. Who will protect me from the wicked? Who will stand up for me against evildoers? Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. I cried out, I'm slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts fill my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Can unjust leaders claim that God is on their side? Leaders who decrease permit injustice? They gang up against the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But my, but the Lord is my fortress. My God is the mighty rock where I hide. God will turn the sins of evil people back on them. He will destroy them for their sins. The Lord our God will destroy them. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's a good word for today's times. Proverbs 26, 6 to 8. Trusting a fool to convey a message is like cutting off one's feet or drinking poison. Hmm. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is a useless as a paralyzed leg. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is as useless as a paralyzed leg. Honoring a fool is as foolish as tying stone to a slingshot. Amen. Oh Lord, we just thank you. We ask you to bless the people who've heard your word that went forth today, Lord. That, Father, we thank you that you're using this word to instruct us and to guide us and correct us and inspire us, Lord. Keep on unlocking your scriptures with your light. Show us the way forward, God. Thank you for developing us and teaching us in the way we should go. And thank you for being good and kind to us. And thank you that you love us. And thank you that you're a good God. Everything about you is good. And we receive the blessings today, Lord. All your benefits this day that you have bestowed on us. And we, we, are, we, we are open to um, you molding us um, and helping develop, developing us in that we would walk in those good works that you've already ordained from the foundation of the world, Lord God since before we were born. So bless the people. We thank you. And um, until the next time we meet, may grace and peace be multiplied to everyone under the sound of our voice. God bless you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.